Welcome to the Talk with Clads podcast. Your host is Katie Ann, an island girl on a journey with her guests to learn about their backgrounds, businesses, passions, experiences, life lessons, and wins. Come and laugh, cheer, learn, and plan with us. My friend, take some time to come and talk with Clads. My name is Katie Ann, and I'll be your host for today. I am so excited for today's show. Um, over the next uh, few podcasts, uh, you will hear that it's a little bit different, and that is because we have partnered with UNESCO. So UNESCO is, uh, I'll just read what they are. It's the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, And it's a specialized agency of the United Nations aimed at promoting world peace and security through international cooperation in education, the sciences, and culture. So I am so excited to have um, this opportunity to to be a partner and participate. And so for the next few weeks, you'll hear us talk about topics that necessarily are not just focused on business, but most more so focused on business, culture, and different things that um, is affecting our community. So we do have a special guest today. Her name is Diavian. Diavian, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi. So um, you have to speak up a little bit because Diavian is in college. So she did a call in for today's show. Can you hear me properly? Yes, I can hear you. Great. So what do you think about the opportunity to partner with UNESCO? Oh, I think it's a wonderful idea. And I'm very I'm looking forward to all the important topics we're going to discuss and learning more about UNESCO. Okay. So uh, UNESCO has a great event um, that is coming up. Uh, and it's actually, it's, it's from October to November. It's for the month of October through November. So we're a little bit late, but we're still there. Um, but folk, the specific focus, I think, is the week of October 24th. Uh, where they have uh, different countries participating um, in this event. Uh, the topic that, or the theme, in, which is always the number one goal, is to actually just stay a lifelong learner. So great opportunity for you guys to, to learn um, some information, know what's going on around the world, a lot of times, you know, we, we get our information from uh, social media, which sometimes, you know, <laughs> I am also guilty of that. And one of the topics that we are going to discuss is, you know, if there is an addiction, if you can be addicted to social media. So some people will disagree, you know, and that's okay. That's that's the beauty of having these types of conversation, uh, some will say, well, why not can't we use social media as a tool 
for for us, you know, and it is social media is a great tool. You know, a lot of uh, employers market on social media, but you know, everything has to have a balance. And so, great topics ahead, great guests ahead. Um, we'll be talking about women issues, um, non for profit. I, I remember one of the podcasts that we did was help us help Haiti, and we brought on the non-for-profit, uh, the Alleluia Tribe. And I will tell you, I posted it, um, I think I posted that a new podcast alert was out on Facebook and also on Instagram. This is social media. And the amount of hate messages, hate DMs that I got uh, regarding this podcast, you know, so you, you do unfortunately have a divide where people feel very strongly. Uh, sometimes it can be a negative way about it. However, I think it's a great organization. Um, you know, Haiti has a lot of stuff that's going on right now. And we're going to definitely touch base on that because it is a global event and global media and information literary uh, week. It's, it's, it's in its 10th year. And the theme is media and information literacy for all. So our goal for the next few weeks is to touch on information that provides literacy for all. So we are all learning together. And so I know my daughter is, is you know, she represents the younger genera generation. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to have you um, call in, give your feedback. Like, what do you think about us participating in this? And also, you know, we may have her uh, participate in some of the topics with, along with our guests. All right. So this week, I, I wanted to speak with speak about um, resumes and being prepared. A lot of times, you know, you have people that are, are going out into what we call the, the workforce. And, you know, they don't know, like we get these, you know, Microsoft may have a a template that says, okay, this, this is how you put this information in and then it formats the resume. But, you know, there's actually a strategy into, into, um, writing your resumes. So the tips that I, I would provide, because in my day-to-day -day job, I definitely am someone that will be evaluating your resume. That's actually what I do as my main, uh, stream of, um, income to see if it, if if you are a match for the opportunity um, that I have available. So we we definitely, you know, as in my in my current role, I, I have about what 10 seconds because I get so many resumes or sometimes 20 depending on the position, 20 minutes, um, just to say, okay, is this a good fit? Is it because I'm looking for certain keywords. Um, and how does this person tell a story and would they be a fit based on what's on their resume for the organization? So Diavian, have you ever gone through like a job interview? Yes, I've gone through quite a bit these past few years. Um, I think my very first job interview was actually with Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Well, we're not going to blow up Chick-fil-A because they're not a sponsor. 
Um, so you can say with a someone in the fast food industry. <laughs> with someone in the fast food industry. Okay, and so as a candidate, like, what was your experience like? Um, I was fresh out of high school, so I had very minimal experience. Um, mostly club activities. Other than that, I had no work history. Okay. So I'm happy you brought that up. And, and that's why I said when you're writing a resume, your resume, you have to be strategic in your approach because your resume isn't a list of everything that you have done, but uh, it, it's a, a glance of, hey, this is why you should hire me. Um, don't put everything on it because you know what? I, I am, most employers aren't going to take the time to read it so you have to curate like your experience and capture like your skills and problem solving activities so for someone like Diavian who does not have a lot of work experience uh, you could put your volunteer experience because volunteer um, experience is considered um, sometimes we may have someone that is a They've stepped out of the workforce for a little bit, so there is a gap in employment. Um, and they may have volunteered during that time. That will still count. It won't count as a, a gap in your employment. Um, I always say uh, use tailored headings uh, when you're describing your experiences. Do not put the exact job description. Um, but you can put like certain keywords because sometimes ATS applicant tracking systems, when your resume that's, is in that system and someone is searching for, let's say, a certain skill, um, if you, like, you're a payroll person and you've used uh, ADP and they're looking for someone that has um, ADP experience, then they're going to put that search in the ATS system and that will pull uh, your, your, your name right? Depending on, on what they put in their Boolean search. So no, I never knew that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, I always say pull a job description. If you know of the position that you're, you're looking to apply for, pull the job description ahead of time. And then on the job description, I'm not, and I, I will preface this by saying, you're not lying. You're not going to make up experiences that you don't have because essentially you will have to know how to do the job. So if you are, if it requires a license and you do not have that license, do not apply for that position. I don't see why. If I am a retail employee, why would I apply? And I'm not a license. Let's say I'm looking for a nurse. A nurse requires that you get licensed by a, the nursing board. If you do not have that license, don't apply for the nursing job. We're not going to call you, right? So, I mean, dream big. If you want that nursing uh, opportunity, go to school, get the education, take the test, and get uh, licensed by the ne necessary regulatory board, um, and then you can apply for the position. But apply for the position that you know that you are qualified for. If you're not qualified for a licensed position, don't take it, all right? I won't apply to be a physician because guess what? I am not a physician. 
I try to stay with what my skill sets are if I was in the job market. Um, so you also have to check it too. Yes. Uh, you do have some employers that do education checks. Um, I, I know a lot of employees, depending on the position, uh, you do have employers. If you're dealing with finance, a lot of times they'll run a credit check on you. Um, I don't know if you were able to listen to uh, Rodney's podcast last, last week with the importance of you know, having a, a, a good credit. Because if you're in an accounting job and your credit is shabby, uh, very likely, or if you're a treasurer of, of a organization, those are things that they look at because you're dealing with finance and they want to make sure that you're responsible when it comes on to finance. Um, certain positions may require that you take a physical um, just because of the type of position. It may say you have to lift, stand, bend for large periods of time. Obviously, um, with the... Um, uh, I just went blank. But with the Disability Act, they cannot discriminate. Um, but they will ask for a physician to sign off that you can do the position. And that if they need to make some type of disability... Um, accommodation for you always make sure when you're doing your resume the handy dandy what I like to call spell check <laughs> Diavian, uh, so when you were doing your resume did you make sure did you use a tool or how did you get your resume formatted actually I use Grammarly and then once I did that I had my resume peer reviewed by um, my mother and <laughs> <laughs> That's the great thing about having someone who is in human resources as your parent because they can help you with all these things that you never heard before. That is, um, that is true. For instance, I always thought that in order to apply for a position, you always had to have some type of job experience. Even in college right now, my job experience is very limited. Um, but I never knew that internships were valuable along yes that that's 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 a, a very key point paid employment isn't the only thing that matters to to an employer um if you're if you volunteer that that counts if you are part of a student organization any type of philanthropy um any type of internships if you do freelancing um that does count and I, i'll tell you this so in my day-to-day -day role, I, I one day I was sitting with someone. Oh, and I also like to add is that if you're in like any type of community college, clubs are important as well. Yes. Who's um, an undergrad, uh, especially like fraternities and sororities, you definitely put that on your application as well. Yes, yes, I I, I do agree on that. I think for a candidate, and I, I use the term candidate because that's what, what the term is, if you're the person that's looking for the position. Um, you are the candidate, and the 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 person on the other end is you know an employer or or hiring manager. So, I always say keep your resume visibly like it has to be balanced. It has to read well. Um, it has to as as she mentioned earlier, she has Grammarly. Um, if you're using Microsoft or even uh, Mac, they do have spell checks. Pay attention to those. Um, and then ask a friend to read your resume uh, and, and see and get some feedback. Hey, how does this read? Like, what do you think? Uh, what, what, what do you think I should take off? 
Um, make sure what you're, you have on your resume matches the job description. I, as I said before, get a copy of the job description, kind of tailor your resume to that position. Um, and then, you know, you just make it visibly balanced when you're, you're writing the, the resume. So the dates should flow well. Um, the spelling should flow. Uh, the font should flow and the length of the resume also. Um, writing a resume that's, I, I actually got a resume that was 25 pages long once. 25 pages long. And at the beginning of the conversation, I, I, I said, you know, typically when a hiring manager or an employer is looking at a resume, they, you probably have, I'd say a minute the most to make an impression and tell a story with your resume. So a resume that is 25 pages long, do you think that employer is going to read it? Probably not. No. no. You were always taught in that the longer the better, but I guess in the case of hiring, the shorter is better, which is kind of hard because you have so much experience and you have so much things to say with just a minute. Yeah, yeah, well... Uh, you know, for certain positions, I'd say if it's like a C-suite position, obviously they'll take a little bit more time in reading your resume and their, your resume could be a little bit longer because they are wait, they are, um, you know, there are probably multiple, um, tiers to the interview. Yeah, uh, can you, can you clarify what C-suite position is? Uh, so C-suite is typically like your leadership, like your in a C-suite, um, it's typically like your CEO, chief compliance officer, chief financial officer. So where there is a, a, a chief in front of it, chief business development officer, chief information technical um, officer. And I think that's how pretty much the, the C-suite came in. And they typically are the um, leaders who strategize and have developed the plans on how an organization um, runs. So if multi most times when you're interviewing for a C-suite position, it's a little bit longer. Um, sometimes their resume is a little bit different. They may have an executive profile um, because now typically for a C-suite position, they're looking for someone who has the experience Typically, it's more than five to seven years for C-suite positions because they, they are not only counting on, you know, education does help or it does matter sometimes. But a lot of times your C-suites don't have a lot of degrees behind their name, but they have the expertise that comes with experience. So how do you, how does your, how important is the college that you go to when it comes to the application process? Um, it depends. It, 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 it actually, it, it, I, yeah, I, you know, of course, you know, certain schools do carry a prestige to, to it and some employers do care, but based on my experience, it really, the school, as long as you got the degree, um, you know, they're, they're going to look at the ed education and the experience more so, or, you know, like what you did in school. So does the school matter to some organizations? Yes, but to the majority, probably not. 
Um, so that's why I say like when you're crafting your resume, you know, you have to put the, like put the important stuff first, keep it clear and simple. Um, while you're listen, listing your skill set, uh, you can put it in the form of what an accomplishment is versus just like a um, one word skill. You can you can list like, OK, uh, your accomplishment with a skill in the keyword. I was able to utilize ADP to build or to cut down payroll by such and such percentage, you know, because because you, your, your resume is is telling a, a a story now federal resumes are a little bit different they have a specific format that you have to kind of go by i think they they use like a reverse chrono chronologically order to list your experience and they you have to keep like your paragraph short but typically if you apply at a federal um position they you can get the, the template from them themselves um, in term, like typically what looks good on a federal resume is your key. Do you have any particular templates that you recommend? For a federal resume? Any um, type of resume. What is your favorite? As you said, you read hundreds and hundreds of, um, resumes a day. What would you say would be the best? Uh, what does your ideal candidate look like in terms of organization and stuff like that? Well, it depends on the position. So, I mean, I don't have a favorite type resume. I like a resume that's clear, consistent, clean, and easy to read. And if someone's handing me a resume, I like to see that they make an effort. So when you go to school and they say, oh, you know, put it on this special paper. You know what? It does help. I've been to uh, conferences where someone gave me a resume, they package it nicely, did not have the position available then, but because they made a good first impression, um, I've reached out to that person six months to a year later, and they were unable to, to secure, give them another position when it opened up. So I think it's more so first impression because your resume is first impression and tells a story about you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as I said, you know, the, the, the resume, the person is not really seeing you unless it's an interview in person. So typically when you're applying for a position, you're uploading your resume along with a cover letter. Um, a lot of people don't read cover letters. I do. I like a good cover letter because it just tells me that you're, you, you've made the effort and that, you know, typically if you're going to make the effort, you may make the effort in the role. Um, but sometimes that's not the case because you do have some people that interview well they go through the process well, and on when they get to the job, it's a whole different ball game. But I say that to say I still like when someone does a good resume, a, a good cover letter. And by the way, um, you know, th this is a service of CLADS Resources and Consulting. We do offer resume writing and um, mock interviews. And I actually add, added that as a, an aspect or a service of, of so CLADS. CLADS does offer resume writing services. Um, we can do over your uh, professional, like your LinkedIn profile for you um, to make you more attractable to employers. And we do offer mock interviews because um, sometimes, you know, you, you go through when you're interviewing, you get so nervous. And so if you're able to walk 
through and do like a pre-interview with someone who is going to pull the exact job that you're looking for and kind of prep you for the position. You know, you may you I'm not saying that we're guaranteeing you the position, but we're making you a little bit more prepared for the position. So CLADS does offer uh, resume writing, interview preparation, um, writing your uh, career. Uh, yes. Do you do you does CLADS resources, for instance, if I was a graduate student and I was potentially as a undergrad, I'm potentially for, uh, trying to get into a graduate's program. Would CLADS be able to help me with my personal statement essay, my overall um resume and mock interviews for that as well yes we 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 do um have that service available now we're not going to write your personal statement for you but we can guide you through the process so because at the end of the day i mean it has to be your work well the, while the resume we will write um for the graduate students um i i know they want you to write that essay to get into the graduate program we'll definitely help you put pen to paper and walk you through the process and then we'll proofread it for you also and offer some tips and suggestions for you and i would also like to add that my miss katie ann is um a graduate student as well she's in a doctorate program so she's <laughs> very familiar with the process i am familiar with the process i am I, a graduate student yes 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 i'm actually uh pursuing a PhD right now so I've been through the process um, you know and I do you know I, I my, my background is HR so obviously resumes interviewing um, performance coaching um, you know just pretty much problem solving and advising that's my background so that's why we offer that service CLADS Resources and Consulting values its customers. Our Planner Footsteps to My Vision is a 13-month planner that can be used for five years. It walks you through SMART goals, SWOT analysis, action planning, and holds you accountable through three monthly check-ins. We work only with top quality materials, innovative designs, and verified suppliers which are guaranteed to deliver to our high expectations because when it comes to our customer satisfaction, there's no room for compromise. Made with high quality PU leather and paper planner helps you focus on achieving your goals by giving you a sense of personal and professional satisfaction. Some of the amazing features of this product, vision board planner, luxury pen, eight gigabyte USB flash drive, wireless mouse, ultra elegant packaging box, available in five stunning colors, black, red, gold, pink, navy blue. Material, PU leather, 13 month planner, elastic band for easy handling. Our footsteps to my vision is available at Amazon, Facebook, Instagram, our website, and at Walmart. You may also follow us at www.cladsresources.com, Instagram, CLADS Resources, Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash CLADS Resources forward slash. You're listening to Talk with CLADS. Find more resources online at cladsresources.com. 
Now back to the show with your host, Katie Ann. So to uh, go over it again, like, you know, a resume typically has a, a sim, they're all similar formats. They're just probably written different ways. There's always like a header. Um, and it's basically a summary about you. Uh, and that could be like you, uh, one to two, uh, sentences. Also, uh, you have your education section, your work experience section, or it could be like your volunteer section. Um, if you don't have work experience and then you would highlight any accomplishment, um, on it. Some people like to have like a skill section, but make sure that your, your resume just has the necessary relevant information that is needed. So as I like, as I said before, and I will stress again, pull the job description, review it, and then look at what that employer or hiring manager is looking for. And then you would tailor your resume to that and use spell check. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Make sure you use spell check because, you know, you don't want to send in your resume and it's like just filled with arrows because then that just showed that you did not take the time um, that was necessary to, to put your best foot forward. Exactly. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I'll have, uh, someone reach out to me. Sometimes they'll send a resume, then they'll send me like a, a link, uh, in mail just to say, Hey, I applied to this position. What are your thoughts? It's a great way to network. So, um, I would say if you're looking for some professional, always try to use LinkedIn. LinkedIn also has great um, learning, uh, tools. Uh, they, they have people on it also that do resume writing services. Um, um I like to add, sorry for interrupting you. Um, always reach out and give your resume or to my knowledge, is it okay to give your resume and email it to just like the CEO of a company? What are the likelihoods or not even just a CEO, uh, just the I would say uh, some type of head of the company, what are the, it, would it be appropriate to send them your resume through LinkedIn, LinkedIn or would that be inappropriate? Um, I, I won't say it's it, the, the best thing. Cause I've had people reach out to the head of an organization and then that person will forward the message to me. Um, it just depends how you do it. Uh, but I would say apply directly to the position, but you may send an introductory email to to the person of the organization or the hiring manager. A lot of times when places are hiring, you can easily go and follow the organization to see who is the recruiter or hiring manager that's that's hiring. LinkedIn will if LinkedIn posts a job, it will say posted by, and you can reach out to that person directly. It will also show you what connections you have that work at that organization. And you can always ask them to make an introduction. Um, a good way also to make a good first impression uh, are networking events um, and like era specific networking events. Let's say you are into HR and I'll, I'll just use HR because that's what I, I am, what I do. Uh, then you have the organization that's called SHRM and from SHRM, you have different chapters. And you can become a member of that organization of those chapters, and there you'll meet 
different people in the industry from different sectors and if they have any opportunities available then sometimes they will refer you to those positions so um if you're in a club sherm also has like a student chapter so find out what the student chapter is um for that organization that you are for that field that you are interested in because they may have opportunities available for a position or for internships either way it's a way to help you put your best foot forward also so i i know diavian you are pursuing marketing yes <laughs> so you know i i would say your local chapter at the school that you go to i'd say become a member of that um and, and i actually didn't know my school had local chapters so that's interesting <laughs> Yeah, I think most fields, most any field that you go in, there's always a niche market to it where you can meet someone from a specific group. Remember when you did the whole anime thing? <laughs> uh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> you know, and there is a niche. Anime is oh, one. Yes, and if you're in college, make sure to um, talk to your professors because they can really help you get these different these cool internships yes um, these cool research projects that will look great on your in um your resume or these professors have you may get the connect as you as i might say like say oh con connections and networking are important so establishing relationships just going to office hours and stuff it, it really helps yes and they can also be potential references um yeah. they will be a lot of times if you're in school and you need a reference it's typically because when when someone asks you for a reference they're not asking you for mom dad auntie sister cousin they're asking you for a professional reference and that could be um someone that you volunteered with from the organization um or a professor um so they are good resources to 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 be references um and also this is this is one thing i'll, I'll say if you're going to list someone as a reference um, on your resume, I like to say, see resumes attached versus this in the person information. Um, but that's just a personal preference. That's not something that you have to do. Uh, let the person know, just don't put their name down as a reference. And then they don't know because when the employer calls them and go, Hey, John Brown listed you as a reference. And I've seen it happen multiple times where the, where the person would go, huh? Like, why did John even list me as a reference? I don't think John has, is good at what he does. And then they will give a bad reference on that person. So I guess most people think that these companies won't actually reach out to the references. No, uh, I mean, most employers will do a reference check or a lot of times, depending on the state that you're in, they'll just do like an employment verification. Um, and they may use like certain uh, services such as like workforce number um, to just check like dates of employment and so forth. So it's still validating the information that you put on your application or your resume. And then um, I like to also advise for safety purposes, do not list your address on your reference, uh, on your resume, I'm sorry. 
Um, you can list your name, your telephone number, uh, your link, you know, your LinkedIn profile. Some people have a portfolio. Um, and that is just one, you don't want the wrong person to have your address. And two, you also, believe it or not, some people will look at your address and say, well, this person lives this so far from the job. I am not sure if I want to hire this person where you may, you're willing to make that commute. Uh, but because you put your address on it, then there, that kind of takes you out of the game. Another thing is, depending on the area that you live, some people do discriminate. Oh, this person lives in such and such area, you know, and this is this type of crowd. It's discriminatory. It's, it is a discriminatory practice, but people do do it. So you have to be careful. Um, I have seen pictures on resumes. I have mixed feelings about that because again, um, if you are creative, I can see how it works. Um, if you're in an industry that's graphics, uh, more, uh, arts driven, uh, I can, I, I, and also marketing, but also I, I do believe that that also opens up the door for someone to discriminate, discriminate, cause they'll even discriminate by your name. So, uh, you want to give yourself the best opportunity to sell yourself based on your skill sets and what value you bring to the organization, um, you know, and be given that fair opportunity. Now it's illegal to discriminate, but people do discriminate. Um, so, you know, just to protect yourself as much as possible. So address, I, I do not recommend putting your address on your resume. I say name, telephone number, email address, a LinkedIn profile. If you have one, if you have a portfolio, maybe a link to your portfolio, um, that works. But I, I say leave the address pictures. I think it's industry specific. If it doesn't require a picture, there's no reason for you to put your picture on it um, because you want to try to eliminate and reduce discrimination as much as possible. Uh, yeah. Any tips that you may have, Diavin? I know, I mean, you've not been in, I don't, you, you have not had multiple jobs. <laughs> but from a student's point of view, like what tips would you offer based on your experience? Um, just getting involved in your local school. Um, I think people really underestimate club activities a lot. Getting like involved in different organizations and networking there. I think I like a college is important. Don't get me wrong. Um, but depending on your degree and what you're going into, Networking to me is the most important part. So joining as many organizations, many clubs, volunteering, um, internships, just pursue as you're pursuing these things, you're gonna meet different people, and you never know. Maybe the person that you were in that club with, um, might be the person who's interviewing you for that job you really, really want. Yes. Um, Yes. One of my main. Tips. And I think a lot of people underestimate the importance of clubs. Yes. And so network, 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 yeah. network, network. They say I, I read a, an article once and it said 60 percent of the time that people get jobs is because of who they know and what not and not what they know. So which is unfortunate, but still. Yes. I mean, it depends on what side of the the the, 
the realm you are on. But, you know, it happens. It really does happen. So, um, you know, if you know networking works, use it to your advantage. Um, you know, life is not going to always be fair, but you want to give yourself an advantage as much as possible. And that's having a good resume, putting your best foot forward, uh, making sure your resume is formatted properly, using the handy dandy spell check. Um, do not devalue volunteer um, experience or club experience, any type of leadership experience. Put that in. If you're a mom and you've taken a break, that's okay. I mean, you, you, you definitely, that does not uh, stop you from getting a position. Uh, you know, you can put, you can explain why the break is. Um, sometimes I see it in, in bracket signs. Um, I also had a lot of um, interviewing experience as well. Just keep doing it over and over again. Yes. Like I did my first interview, I was very nervous. But the more times I practice and the more time, especially as an introverted person who doesn't really like to socialize too much, um, uh, getting out of your comfort zone and just putting yourself out there really, really helps. And it, it starts to become an art when you start talking to people more. Yeah. And at the end of the day, this is what I, I say. Like if I'm in an interview with someone and they, I see that they're getting nervous, I, I'll say, you know, you're, you are interviewing me much, just as much as I'm interviewing you because you have to make sure that it is the right fit. Like, at, on the employer side, I'm making sure that you're the best candidate for the opportunity that the organization has. However, as the candidate, you have to make sure that as an employer, we are aligned with what your goals are. So bear in mind, like when you go, go forward, you know, it's, it's natural to get nervous sometimes, especially if you're having like a panel interview and multiple people are interviewing you. But it's an interview on both sides. It has to be a fit for the employer. It has also has to be a fit for the candidate. Uh, be prepared. I'm actually curious. What is the best end of interview question that? Because I know a lot of interviewers say, "Do you have any questions for me? Um, do you like when interviewers ask you questions? And what was the best question that you answered to? The best questions that you had that stuck out to you a lot." Oh, uh, so I actually love when candidates ask questions just because um, it just shows that they are engaged in, and want to learn more about the position. Um, you know, when someone said, oh, you know, you've kind of explained everything and no, I don't have any questions. I'm like, well, I mean, you must have a question, you know, but, you know, um, a question that has stumped me. Uh, ooh. Your, the, your favorite question that a candidate has asked you? My favorite question that a candidate has asked me. I think my favorite can, can, candidate question was actually what I just said. When some, I had a candidate that said, based on your experience in working for this organization, how has it added value to you as an employee? And I thought, well, oof. because she, want, it was a female at the time, you know, but she wanted to, to see if, you know, what type of employer was, you know, how, how was this employer? How did it affect? Was there work-life balance? You know, uh, did you, did it have growth opportunities? Um, so I thought it was very, a, a very interesting question. Um, person did get the position <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, certain things stand out, you know, they were definitely engaged. They had a lot of historical questions or accomplishments that they saw that the organization did. So I, I like a candidate that does homework. 
um you know so and clearly she did so i think that was the most interesting question at the end of the interview that i have um received but as i said it's an interview on both parts uh you want to see that it's also the right fit for you when you're taking a position um and as the employer wants to see that it's you are the right fit for them um it's okay to ask salary and negotiate your salary uh previously like if you're speaking to a recruiter make sure it's the best fit salary wise for you and a lot of people say oh don't bring up salary well, you want to make sure that the process is transparent. I don't want to hear what the salary is at the end of the interview because it may be significantly under what I'm looking for as a candidate. So I'll get a salary though, especially if they already have a set salary. I think everything is negotiable. I think all employers are um, negotiable. I think sometimes if, if it's a budgeted position, like a, a government position, sometimes that's a little bit more difficult. But I think uh, private employers are, are a little bit more negotiable. Um, I wouldn't say twenty, thirty thousand over the amount. You know, you also have to be realistic because they do have a budget for that position. But you can also go on pay scale. Um, I think Indeed may have a function. I think Glassdoor may have a function of what the position that you're applying for pays. Um, and also you can have, even if, if you're in school, you can speak with your career advisor. They can do they They have certain tools that schools have that they can do a salary analysis, um, to see what the market pays, what, what is the compensation, uh, department of labor. They also offer, um, that information because, uh, agencies have to report that to the department of department of labor too. Uh, I think ONET also offers that information, the position, what the job description is for that role and what the median is, which is the middle range, what the minimum range is for that position and what the maximum range is. Most employers, when they're negotiating, they are a little bit at the medium range and not at the max. So you can always try to negotiate. Sometimes, you know, if you're at the max then it's hard to grow in salary. Um, but you know what, if you can get it, why not? Because it's easier to get it at the beginning of a position than when you're employed. You know what I mean? It's, and, you know, it's a little bit harder to get a salary adjustment, um, because performance increases. Sometimes some, some facilities or some organizations will do two to 5% or there are maxes 10%. So it's okay to negotiate your salary up front first. And then when you, so when you speak with your recruiter, um, for the position, you already know what the salary is. You go in, you're, you've agreed to the salary, then you interview and then you focus on your skill sets. So should you ask about potential salary increase, increase before the interview? I would say before you can ask, Hey, what does a typical, uh, increases look like? Are they merit base, um, for performances or are they tied into certain metrics? Um, you know, those are things you would, I would say, wh whatever organization you're interviewing with, you can clear those questions out with HR or, or the recruiter. Um, and that's a qualifier, you know, that's a qualifier because most times they won't put you in front to interview if you, if you have not met on the salary requirements. But the last thing you want to do is go forward. And then when you're offered a salary, it's not what you're looking for. 
or it's way below what you're looking for. And then they may be at their max number and then that wouldn't work for you. So um, at CLADS, we do offer these tools. As I said, it's a part of our uh, interview preparation process. Um, if you are interested in, in learning more, uh, you can go to www.cladsresources.com. Again, the website is www.cladsresources.com. We offer resume writing services, interview preparation. We'll do a salary analysis for you um, because we're trying to make sure that you're ready for the goals ahead. And if you're a student, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll help you get um, ready also for graduate school. Well. Diavian, it was a pleasure having you call in and speaking with you. Uh, I, Thank you, Claude, for having me. <laughs> I know as you get more into college, probably those calls, those phone calls will be a little bit less. Um, so I do appreciate you just participating in this podcast. And everyone, as I said before, we have some exciting things ahead very exciting things ahead with the Global Media and Information Liter Literacy Week. Um, I think we're going to have, you know, we'll make it a month long. And again, the theme is Media and Information Literacy for the Public Good. And this is a part of us partnering with UNESCO. So I am so excited and I feel blessed to have this opportunity um, presented to me because it came from out of nowhere. Um, and I'm blessed, you know, so I thank God for that opportunity. And I hope that when the listeners uh, listen, that the information that's being shared, be it about women, social media, um, non-for-profits, um, strategic planning, you know, that we are able to educate um everyone everyone that's listening or or who participates in the panel discussion that you you get you know you come from it learning something that you didn't know before so everyone big things ahead again i said thank you so much diavian for joining us and all my listeners thank you so much for taking some time to talk Clad. with clads bye guys Thanks for listening. Find us on social media at CLADS Resources and online at www.cladsresources.com. Our planner, Footsteps to My Vision, is also located on our website or on Facebook, Instagram, or Amazon. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share, and check back weekly for new episodes. Until next time, keep creating your footpath to your vision.